Oregonians should have to live in fear of being harassed or worry about their families being torn apart. And so the people who want it to go away are people who believe immigrants and refugees in our community should have no rights. And that's just not right. And when that law was passed 30 years ago, the intent of it was to prevent law enforcement agents from working on roundups of illegal aliens. Jim has convinced me that it's a terrible measure. Oh, <laughs> and good. I'm going to vote no. And everyone else should vote no. Because it's just, all I'm hearing is a bunch of hate. And, and there, you know, they're all around us. You know, they're all around us. You know, they're all around out there. You know, they're all, you know, they're all around us. So this is just coming through today. Earlier this week, the body of 38-year-old Coral Rodriguez Lorenzo was found near Camp Tamanu. All evidence seemed to point to homicide as the cause of death. She had been listed as a missing person. Her husband, Martin Gallo Gallardo, 45 years old, who has admitted to the murder, is undocumented. He had been living in southeast Portland and has been in custody before. Maxine Bernstein writes in the Oregonian, Federal officers say they placed an immigration hold in March on a man facing domestic violence allegations, but the Multnomah County Jail wouldn't recognize their civil detainer. And as I'm piecing this together today, new information is being released by Multnomah County Sheriff's Office statements concerning their perceived lack of cooperation with ICE officials. We have more than 300 law enforcement leaders, businesses, and civil rights groups who have all come together to say no on 105. Measure 105 is opposed by Republicans, Democrats, you know, businesses, veterans, teachers, farmers, doctors, nurses. Well, uh, we're a group of just regular Oregonians. Uh, we're not in the leadership of Nike or Columbia Sportswear. We, we, I think we've got Carl's Canadapit canopy or whatever that word is, cleaning service on our side. <laughs> well, Grant, the judge, learned that the ICE agents were outside, so she snuck the guy out the side door. This is the latest I have as of this afternoon from Multnomah County Sheriff's Office. KXL's Jim Ferretti put out a statement request from Multnomah County. I'll read this. Good morning. KXL is requesting an interview with Sheriff Mike Reese regarding a case involving Martin Gallo Gallardo. Mr. Gallo Gallardo, a man in the country illegally is accused of murdering his wife, Coral Rodriguez Lorenzo, and dumping her body in a wooded area in Clackamas County. It has come to our attention that Mr. Gallo Gallardo was arrested in March on assault charges lodged in the Multnomah County Jail where an ICE detainer was placed on him. The Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency says Multnomah County Jail refused to work with ICE and released Gallo Gallardo. Jim continues to write, Sheriff, what is your response to the claim of refusal to work with ICE? Do you feel this is a man that should have been handed over to federal officers? What is your message to the citizens of Multnomah County following the news? A man in the country illegally who was in custody at the county jail is now accused of murder. If they, if someone has a, uh, is a convicted of a felony crime, they could easily be deported. With a sanctuary law and no sanctuary law. So I think that's a misunderstanding of how the law operates. 
And here is Multnomah County Sheriff's Office response. Multnomah County Sheriff's Office is committed to public safety and keeping people in custody under current state and federal law concurrent with the authority and direction from the court. Portland Police arrested Martin Gallo Gallardo on March 4th, 2018 for domestic violence assault 4. Martin Gallo Gallardo was held in Multnomah County Sheriff's Office custody until March 8th, 2018 when he posted bail and was released. At no time prior to his court authorized release did Multnomah County Sheriff's Office receive a civil detainer or a criminal warrant from ICE that would have allowed us to keep him in custody. If federal immigration authorities had reason to keep Martin Gallo Gallardo in custody, they failed to take the steps necessary to make that happen, including entering information into any law enforcement criminal databases. We received no communication from ICE in regards to Martin Gallo Gallardo. Additionally, as our federal partners are aware, even if ICE had sent a civil detainer, Oregon's jails cannot hold people due to the federal court case Miranda Olivares versus Clackamas County. That is from Sergeant Brandon White, Multnomah County Sheriff's Office. He's the public information officer there. That's from an email. They also released a statement that I'll share here. ICE is putting our community at risk with their failed enforcement strategy of not using the authority the agency already has to hold people accountable. No Oregon jail can hold someone on a civil detainer based on the federal court case Miranda Olivares versus Clackamas County. The United States Attorney's Office knows this, ICE knows this, but they persist in pursuing this failed strategy. Federal officials had ample time to do their job. They had his name, address, and his telephone number. It is disingenuous to make this claim when they failed to follow the process for even entering the civil detainer information into any law enforcement database. Multnomah County Sheriff's Office wants to make clear that we did not receive any information from ICE regarding this individual. Local police, corrections professionals, and the district attorney did their best to hold the person accountable for his domestic violent assault, including taking the case to grand jury. However, we were unable to hold him accountable without the cooperation of the victim. Do not know why she did not cooperate, but we know that many immigrant victims of domestic violence are concerned about how reporting will affect their status and their status of their children. This is a terrible tragedy for her and her children. We remain committed to building a relationship of trust with immigrant communities so they feel comfortable sharing their story. Public safety needs to be for all. That is all I have now from Multnomah County Sheriff's Office. So let's go on to Measure 105. Living on the road, my friend Was gonna keep you free and clean And now you wear your skin like iron And your breath is hard as kerosene uh, that's gave a military general the authority to detain people uh, if they thought they were a threat to America. And you might remember that as when we interned Japanese 
vote when 54% of them were American citizens. Well, one of the problems, and I really do believe this, is American citizens are second-class citizens in their own country. You know, Measure 105 would throw out Oregon's anti-racial profiling law. That law prohibits police from targeting people based solely on the color of their skin, their accent, or their perceived immigration status. And so the people who want it to go away are people who believe immigrants and refugees in our community should have no rights. And that's just not right. I would say vote no on measure 105 because it will do more harm to do away with our law even though our law is pretty weak. I'm Brandon Eisen. Today I am releasing statements and discussion on just the subject discussed in the introduction. This is but an extreme incident and a very broad and challenging topic. You will hear from Abrams and Pacero, KXL's own self-appointed political experts, Dr. Eric Fruits will chime in. Jim Ludwig is with Oregonians for Immigration Reform. The group has been labeled a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Apparently, that is a place where they designate hate groups. They have placed Measure 105 on the ballot by collecting enough signatures. Measure 105 would repeal the legislation in Oregon, commonly referred to as the Sanctuary State Law. That's a nickname that may be harmful and confusing both voters and those looking for what is being perceived and interpreted by Oregon officials as a place free from the reach of federal immigration officials. Something I'm being told is simply not true about the existing law. Many have been outspoken in the No on Measure 105 campaign. You will hear also from a few of them, including Portland City Council candidate Joanne Hardesty. Listen for yourself. Research as much as you can. It's already too late to mail in your ballot. So if you haven't voted yet or you were planning on not voting, just take some time to do the research and make an informed decision. Hello, this is Peter. Hey, Peter, this is Brandon Eisen again, calling on the recorded line. Great. So uh, we could start off with, just go ahead and give me your name and uh, the organization you're with, and then uh, just maybe comment a little bit about this news that that the CEOs of Nike and Columbia Sportswear have added their support to the Oregon ballot. Absolutely. Um, So my name is Peter Zuckerman. I am a spokesman for the No on 105 campaign. We are really pleased with uh, this support from Nike, but they are not alone. We have more than 300 law enforcement leaders, businesses, and civil rights groups who have all come together to say no on 105. Measure 105 is opposed by Republicans, Democrats, you know, businesses, veterans, teachers, farmers, doctors, nurses. It's Really, the outpouring of support for the No on 105 campaign has really been impressive. We've been just thrilled, and um, we're working together, and we're going to fight for every vote. I think it's really easy for people to understand 
you know, Measure 105 would throw out Oregon's anti-racial profiling law. That law prohibits police from targeting people based solely on the color of their skin, their accent, or their perceived immigration status. And it would make us less safe. You know, nobody should be afraid to call the police. Trust is the foundation of good policing. And when police play the role of federal immigration agents, many immigrants will be too afraid to call them. So um, we're really excited about this endorsement, um, but we are working hard every day and we're really excited to be officially launching the campaign. I really appreciate you taking the time today. And and once I get that email, I want to go through it and I definitely want to go more in depth with you or or anyone else you have that is willing to speak with me. I just want to ask you one more question before I let you go for today. Would you be able to give me a clear idea of what the benefit to Oregonians is by having the Oregon sanctuary state law in place. Yeah, it keeps us safer. You know, nobody should be afraid to call police and Oregonians shouldn't have to live in fear of being harassed or worry about their families being torn apart simply because they are reporting a crime. And then I also think Measure 105 would violate our values of fairness and looking out for our neighbors and treating others as one would hope to be treated. You know, I think in Oregon, we believe in welcoming others, um, including those who may seem different, and building bridges of understanding. Um, you know, immigrants living in Oregon are part of our families, they're part of our communities, our workplaces, and places of worship. They're our neighbors, they're, you know, they're all around us. And they join a long American tradition of coming here in search of a better life and freedom and opportunity we offer. I mean, I think diversity is one of our greatest strengths. It's part of what defines us as a nation. Um, Measure 105 would open the door to more racial profiling, to civil rights violations, and it would divide immigrants and non-immigrant Oregonians. You know, people need to vote no on Measure 105. It's not the Oregon way. Now, Peter, I just want to share a little bit of insight with you. Um, when I spoke with Jim Ludwig, he was around when the law was enacted. Uh, and 30 years ago, the reason the law was put into place was so that uh, law enforcement officials couldn't go out and round up immigrants. You know, at that time, I'm sure that they were they were probably easy to find. So the intent of this law originally was to protect immigrants, and now what what ended up happening is is it's it's been taken further where no communication between law enforcement is allowed, even with with violent criminals. What do you think about that? I think that's untrue, um, and that the facts will bear that out. Um, the measure passed 31 years ago with strong bipartisan support. And the purpose of the law was specifically to stop racial profiling. Um, and the fact of the matter is, is we don't, we can't afford to have police acting as federal immigration agents. Uh, they're already stretched too thin. They're 911 calls in rural communities that are going unanswered and budgets are tight. And we shouldn't be diverting Oregon taxpayer money to do the job of federal immigration enforcement. And there's also a historian at Lewis and Clark who can elaborate on what I just said, who's written, you know, a history of this law. You'll see that, you know, history is on our side. Okay, Peter. Yeah, definitely. I uh, specifically, I, I would 
definitely love to reach out on on that topic. So I'll, I'll shoot you an email um, with maybe what I see that, that we could talk about, and then we'll get together, okay? All right, great. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. You know, you've got uh, Hummel, the DA in, in Deschutes County, and Underhill, the DA here in, in uh, Multnomah, and many others, saying if you pass your measure, the law-abiding aliens who are here illegally and the Hispanic community generally and other newcomer communities, all of whom are here legally, will be scared to, to work with law enforcement for fear of what happens. What, what's your response to that? Well, the that's the main, that's the main argument. The response to that is sheriff, uh, the sheriffs, if you look at the, the statement of the uh, 18 sheriffs who are in favor of our initiative, they state that they can never document ever somebody who as an illegal alien turned in another illegal alien for a crime. It just doesn't happen. Furthermore, there are four pieces available for an illegal alien who turns in an, uh, another illegal alien that's, for committing a crime. Can you cite that's not one the art, Jim, who's Jim. ever been arrested for turning in an illegal alien criminal? Can you cite Jim, one? that's not the argument. The issue is that the legally here people in, particularly the Hispanic speaking, the Spanish speaking community, will not cooperate because they may know another illegal because they they will be scared to participate in the law enforcement process. Not just the illegal. Or aliens. they might just get picked up at random because they talk oh, yeah. talking <laughs> talking while Hispanic. That's the argument. Well, you seem to find that amusing. It's not to that community. Good afternoon. Hi, this is Brandon Ison with FM News 101 KXL in Portland. So, uh, yeah, talk to me, man. Who's who's this, by the way? My name is Jim Ludwig. I'm the communication director with Oregonians for Immigration Reform. Okay, so what uh, what are you guys all about, and what do you think about these statements that are put out? Well, uh, we're a group of just regular Oregonians. Uh, we're not in the leadership of Nike or Columbia Sportswear. We we I think we've got Carl's Canadapit canopy whatever that word is cleaning service on our side <laughs> they got nike we've got a cleaning service on our side <laughs> but we're going to win uh we're the group that got measure 88 on the ballot in 2014 we were outspent 10 to 1 in the campaign every newspaper with maybe the exception of the ben bolton came out against us uh one hollywood actress gave almost as much money as we had in total in one lump sum to the pro illegal alien side and we beat them two to one. Close to one million Oregonians voted against driver cards compared to 500,000 who wanted to give them to illegal aliens. Uh, we defeated um, the driver cards in 35 of the 36 counties. The only county to vote for was Multnomah County. A uh, majority of Republicans voted against it, a majority of independents, a majority of Democrats voted against giving driver cards for illegal aliens. This that's going to be a repeat, and with this as well. What does repealing the Oregon sanctuary state law mean to you and your organization? Well, the Oregon state law that's up in question is ORS 181A.820 that essentially says that no law enforcement agent or political subdivision as such in the state of Oregon can use money, time, or equipment for the identification or arrest of somebody whose sole violation of the laws are in the country illegally. And when that law was passed 30 years ago, the intent of it was to prevent law enforcement agents from working on roundups of illegal aliens. And I got a call from Al Young, 
who was in the Oregon legislature at that time, who voted for the, the law, the state statute 181, uh, because he didn't want law enforcement agents going out on immigration sweeps. No one back then thought it would ever amount to a point where a sheriff who had would, who would been asked by ICE when they were going to release a, a convicted illegal alien wouldn't be able to tell him when he was going to release him and turn him out in public. And, you know, the example that's most recent is Sheriff Mike Reese of Multnomah County, who had a 12-time deported alien who had committed 18 separate crimes in his uh, control. Sergio Martinez was his name. Now, if he'd been arrested 18 times, how many crimes did you think he'd actually commit? I mean, it's not logical to think he committed 18 crimes and so he was arrested 18 times. But he knew, but he'd been arrested 18 times and he may have done 50 crimes. Who knows? But Reese turned the guy loose. Within a month and a half, uh, Sergio Martinez went out and raped one woman, sexually assaulted a second. He was apprehended, uh, I don't know, eight months ago, six months ago, sentenced to 35 years at the Oregon State Penitentiary, which means you and I, as taxpayers in Oregon, will be on the hook for a million dollars of incarceration costs for someone who had no legal right to be here in the first place, who had committed multiple crimes, who should have been turned over to ICE before those women were raped, we're on the hook because of this state statute or the gutlessness of this sheriff to do what's right and protect our own communities. So initially the law was put into action because there was fear of uh, law enforcement going and rounding up people that were here illegally. Now the right. flip side is is uh, law enforcement is unable to cooperate with ICE officials uh, in in the process of determining whether someone is here legally or illegally, and then you know using state or local resources for that. Uh, is there some sort of middle ground? Because what what happens and what prevents uh, roundup operations from going on? I I take it that's not necessarily what you want. You just want law enforcement to be able to communicate these major crimes that are happening and and have something done. Right, uh, and let me give another good example, and it happens to be Multnomah County as well. When Judge Monica Harantz had in front of her at the Multnomah County Courthouse an illegal alien who had been arrested for drunk driving, it became known in the building that ICE agents were waiting outside the building to apprehend him as soon as he was sentenced. And, you know, he wasn't going to go to jail, but he was going to be sentenced and let loose. Well, Harantz, the judge, learned that the ICE agents were outside so she snuck the guy out the side door. Is that a good thing? Now think about this. Where is the best place for an ICE agent or any police force to make an arrest? Isn't it in the confined, controlled environment of a courthouse rather than out in public on a side alley? In the middle of the night? I'll tell you something. When someone goes to jail, an American citizen goes to jail, and they're sitting in there, law enforcement communicates to other law enforcement agencies, right. and you can be sitting there in jail. A lot of people are saying this isn't fair, you know, for them to be in jail and then get hit with something else. You know, the same thing happens to American citizens where if they're sitting in jail and it comes to light that there is something else that they're involved in, those charges are added on and they, they're they not allowed to leave because it's convenient for them and it's a surprise to have these extra charges yeah. in time. Um, they have to sit there and, and deal with the consequences of uh, whatever they've done in the past. Well, one of the problems, 
and I really do believe this, is American citizens are second-class citizens in their own country. We don't have a judge sneaking us out the side door. We don't have a, a state setting up a, uh, a safety protection for certain criminals. I mean, let's say, let's say uh, Sheriff Reese discovers that uh, Nevada is looking for a, a rapist. And he looks through his list of criminals he's got serving time. And he thinks pretty much that, God, I think I got that guy in my jail. Wouldn't you think he would be calling up Nevada and say, hey, I think we got your man. You want to come pick him up? I mean, that was logically what you would think. There are a couple of questions I'd like to ask you just real quick, specifically dealing with Measure 105. The, the Oregon State Sanctuary Law been in effect for 30 years. That was put in place to protect the roundup of... Uh, oh, to, to prevent the roundup. Right. So now, if that is repealed... What is there to protect that? Have you guys uh, provided any complimentary legislation to to, <laughs> to supplement where I'm to prevent that from happening? <laughs> or is that kind of just not really your priority here? Well, no, I mean, it's, we would have the chance that we would ever have of enacting a law in the Oregon legislature. I mean, uh, it, it's beyond uh, my ability to jump from here to Mars. I mean, it's, it just wouldn't happen. We've got a government in Oregon that preferentially treats people who are illegally here, whether that's in public school, in healthcare situations, or certainly in the jails where it's, this is going to be voted on. One thing you might do is look up Al Young uh, from Hillsborough and see what he has to say and see if what he says backs up what I say, that the law was never intended to be what it's morphed into. I want to a little bit out of your check this week, okay? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I will give you my email, and I want to continue to stay in touch with you because this is a hot-button issue. You know, here in the Pacific Northwest, we've got really big hearts, and we do welcome people into our community. Where is the line as far as public safety goes uh, when it comes to protecting certain well, individuals? Well, one of the things, and you're going to hear it all the time, is that, uh, that police want illegal aliens to be able to feel free to report a criminal in their element. You know, that's their main, everybody who's in favor of the Oregon uh, sanctuary law says that. You want to have them feel open to do that. Well, quite frankly, no one can ever quote or source any site where any illegal alien has turned in another illegal alien and been deported themselves. Nobody can. Next time you talk to somebody who cites that, ask them. Can you cite one instance where somebody was deported who aided a police officer in turning in another illegal alien? Okay, there, I'll look in into addition, that. There are four, uh, there are four visas, one of them is a D visa, that if somebody is illegally in the country, they can be provided a visa to stay here. And one of the most common ones is the D visa, and I don't have to go to tell you exactly what that means. But that's the, that's the truth. But that, that's beside the point. If you're in, you want people in your community not to, or to be afraid to report a criminal because they're illegally here? No. You want people in your community who have the courage to speak out when there's criminality going on, regardless of the consequences. Okay, g give me your email. It is brandon.ison, so I might have to spell that for you. You sure are. B R A N D. O N. Dot. 
I, yep, dot I-S-O-N at alphamediausa.com. I'm going to screw up alphamedia. A-A-L-P-H-A. USA.com. AlphamediaUSA.com. Gotcha. Thanks, Jim. Okay, Brandon, yeah. Appreciate it. Okay, fine. You know, if you live in Southern think, California, you don't turn in an illegal alien I have to say, without worrying about somebody coming by I your I think I was door. on the fence about this measure. I was on the fence about this measure. Jim has convinced me that it's a terrible measure. Oh, and I'm going to vote no. And everyone else should vote no. Because it's just, all I'm hearing is a bunch of hate. And, and, and random facts that have nothing to do with anecdotes about murders. And uh, a couple of murders. Yeah. If nothing, nobody, nobody here legally ever killed someone. illegal alien serving time for murder at the Oregon State Penitentiary. How many legal people, how many native-born Americans are in there for murder? I don't have a choice in that matter. I think we have done a good job moving the ball in I think I think that Jim makes a very serious point about the idea that we have federal laws and we have federal immigration laws and it's not okay for the state of Oregon and the mayor of Portland to not follow them. And I am going to vote with Jim and, and in favor of this measure. And now for something completely different. And Oregonians should have to live in fear of being harassed or worry about their families I being torn apart. I would say no on measure 105 because it will do more harm to do away with our law even though our law is pretty weak but uh me personally i really want people to understand the significance of measure 105 and uh the sanctuary state law as weak as it is (laughs) it's just like one paragraph there what protections do american citizens have against discrimination from what I from what I am hearing, this is the only law in place that uh, protects people from discrimination as far as uh, the police department goes, just based on the color of their skin or their accent. Well, this law came about in Oregon because there was a uh, there was a Latino gentleman that was stopped by the police like in the early '60s, and he was a citizen, and the police demanded his papers, demanded to know where he was born took him to jail uh, because he didn't believe him because he didn't have papers on him. And that prompted the legislature to pass this law to say that law enforcement had no right to be agents of ICE. And that's why that law was passed. But what's interesting is the U.S. Constitution protects citizens from unlawful search, unlawful detention, Et cetera, et cetera. But I want to remind you that uh, uh, there was an executive order, 9066, uh, that gave a military general the authority to detain people uh, if they thought they were a threat to America. And you might remember that as when we interned Japanese, when 54% of them were American citizens. And so it's very frightening to think that we are going down this same trail uh, that nationally our country is going. Uh, the sanctuary law must be strengthened, not disappear. And so the people who want it to go away are people who believe immigrants and refugees in our community should have no rights. And that's just not right. Uh, that is not who we are as Oregonians. Um, 
we have never quite lived up to our image of being progressive, inclusive, um, and welcoming of all people. You can tell that by the police uh, statistics about who's arrested, who's prosecuted, uh, but we must do better. Uh, the, this effort is all about telling people that there are others, right? Othering people. Uh, and I believe, I know that Oregonians are better than that. We can see through the smoke screen. This is, if we remove this law, it will make all of us less safe. We must protect the sanctuary law. We must stand up. Right now, today, we have police protecting white supremacists. And so can you imagine what would happen if this law disappeared? Uh, when, the, when white supremacists take to our street and the police protect them and attack the anti-protesters, I've lived through this before. I'm a child of the civil rights movement, so I know what happens when the police become the, uh, the force of uh, uh, aggression, right, against a group of people for no fault of their own except what they look like, where they were born. Um, I've lived through it before. I don't want to live through that again. Oh, yeah. Um, now, the one thing that I've been trying to get down to, there's two things. Um, one, uh, I mean, I, I come from Yakima, Washington, a rural area there. I lived out in the orchards. Right. Um, the town is 70% Hispanic. Right. And a good portion of the people I grew up with were there illegally. Right. Uh, their parents were there illegally. Right. Uh, or they were there for um, seasonal work. Right. Um, so this is kind of an issue that's, that's, uh, that that's hits, close. hits home to me. But here's what's interesting. Being here without appropriate documentation has never been a crime. It has been a violation of United States law. It's not a criminal act. And when people say, but shouldn't people go through the process, right? Shouldn't they like just do it right? Well, not when the U.S. decides who's worthy of immigration and who isn't, right? And not when you're trying to feed your kids, I ask people all the time, what would you not do to feed your kids, right? People come here because U.S. foreign policy messes up their home country, and that's why they come here. And I know I would do anything to feed my kids. I actually did a, a fairly significant study in college uh, called uh, What Goes Up Must Come Down. Right. I did a study of walls throughout history oh, across yes. the, the world right. and, and just what the implications are and what Right, like the, when the Berlin Wall came <laughs> down, right? That was in my lifetime. Yeah. So um, the the thing that I, I think the main thing that I, that I want to get from you is uh, if people aren't necessarily happy with this law, is there an effort to rewrite legislation to replace the law with something that that uh, works both across both parties as far as because I I've talked with the people that actually helped write the right. original sanctuary state law right. and voted it into place. Right. They're actually the people trying to take it away. Really? Yeah. And the the reason that they're giving is, uh, you know, and there's other reasons out there. There's right. bigoted reasons. Right. There's racist reasons. Right. There's, you know, all sorts of reasons. But the reason that they're giving is that when they, the original intent of that law was to protect, you know, uh, major roundups and, and everything like that and to protect citizens. Right. Um, but what they didn't want happening is the communication from law enforcement not saying, you know, we have someone who is a multiple a repeat offender or a violent offender or a sexual predator. That's and, not true. And not communicating at See, all. See, that's not true. If they, if someone has a, uh, is a, convicted of a felony crime they could easily be deported 
with uh, uh, sanctuary law or no sanctuary law. So I think that's a misunderstanding of how the law operates. The law operates is that if I'm a law enforcement person and I walk up to you, I can't ask you about your legal status. That's not my business. Now, if I'm investigating a crime, I have every right to come up to you and say, were you at this place? You look like the person I'm looking for, blah, 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 right? Uh, but the, the, the law isn't about protecting people who have harmed people. The law is about protecting people who are here working, who are, who are adding to the economy, who are adding to the culture to make sure that those people aren't unduly influenced by law enforcement overreach. Uh, one of the arguments that the the side uh, uh, with Measure 105 states is that these illegals don't have rights. They're here breaking laws. But the thing is, is American citizens are discriminated against by this. Well, let me just say that no people are illegal. People can do illegal acts. Uh, people can not have the appropriate documentation, but no individual is illegal. You can't call a human being an illegal anything. Uh, so that's first. Number two, um, I have seen no data that shows American citizens are being discriminated against in favor of immigrants and refugees, except for day laborers who are... Uh, Business owners would prefer to pay a day laborer a little bit of money rather than pay union wages to people that they hire and put on the payroll and provide health care and help them feed their families permanently with a good living wage job. Gotcha. I've seen I've seen you in a couple of videos on mm. on Measure 105 and uh, appreciate you being so vocal about it. And getting, yes. Getting involved in that. Um, you know, as a news guy, I'm not necessarily supposed to give my opinion on right, it. Right, right. Um, so what I basically am just saying is that with no other protections in place, right. I, I think that Oregonians really need to think about their vote. Absolutely. And I, 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 I honestly would push mm. to say don't vote on it until there's something written to, to supplement it. it or replace yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and I don't. I wouldn't trust people who said, oh, well, just vote yes on this now and we're going we're gonna to make it better next legislative session. Why would we trust right. that, right? Well, and, and that's the thing, Joanne, and you know this, People sometimes will push through a smaller bill or yes. small legislation hoping to have that be the in. Yes. And then they just bang, they just nail you with this big plan and just screw you over. Well, and at the end of legislative sessions, it's called gut and stuff, where you have a bill with a subject matter that you think is going to do one thing. And at the end of legislative sessions, legislators love to gut and stuff uh, a bill with a uh, light clause so that they, so what people thought they were moving along, all of a sudden the bill number is the same, but the body of it is yeah. radically different. You know, uh, just to close this out, what would you suggest um, concerning Measure 105 and just concerning the Oregon Sanctuary State Law moving forward? Say it doesn't get passed or right. say it does get passed. What are the two options? So I would say vote no on Measure 105 because it will do more harm to do away with our law, even though our law is pretty weak, all the law says today is that law enforcement has no authority to ask questions about immigration status. That's all it says. It's not It's not an overarching, and we already know that Multnomah County sheriffs have called ICE and had people picked up, and when we have a sheriff that says, oh, people are safe at the courthouse, 
but yet families are being separated. I mean, we have children in jails. Whoever thought that the United States would sanction putting children in jails because their parents uh, violated the United States law? I mean, that's not the country we want to live in, right? And so it's a slippery slope. When that becomes the normal, right, we have to say this stuff is not normal. Hate is not a normal uh, 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 reaction. Uh, It's not normal. It has been in our past, but it doesn't have to be in our future. You know, when Oregon's Constitution was written, it specifically prohibited black people from living here. Specifically, right? And in my last legislative session, um, Senator Avell Gordley championed a ballot measure to take all the offensive language that was left in Oregon's Constitution out. And 37% of Oregonians said, no, we can't change the Constitution. That's, that's law. We have to leave that in there. Right. So can you imagine? We've been there before and we get to write the next chapter and the next chapter cannot be written based on hate. It's got to be written based on we all have a right to exist. We all have a right to support our families. We all have the right to make a living in the United States of America anywhere we want to. That's what that's what people died for. I was in the Navy, right? If you're in the military, you are putting your life on the line so that we have these freedoms, right? And then so how would we ever support a law that says you don't have a right to just exist, because we need to check you out, right? I know what it's like to be considered an other, and I would never do that to somebody else, regardless of who they are. Yeah, you know, in, in saying that, I think that there is a lack of empathy and understanding of, of necessarily what's going on. Right. Uh, I, I mean, but for grace, any of us could find ourselves in need of help. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, just one last thing. I All didn't right. want to ask this because this could be... Um, I can always say no. <laughs> so, yeah, no, and that's fine if, if, you don't, uh, if you don't know or if it's just right. too long to explain. Each state has its own constitution and laws concerning immigration and uh, sanctuary or, you know, however to handle that type of stuff. Well, there's federal constitution, right? And each right. state has its own constitution. And we, right? So we have the federal constitution as well. And um, one side of the argument is the constitution of the United States protects United States citizens. Right. Now, what level, where where in the world is it written? Like, I'm trying to figure it out myself. Right. Where right. in the world is it written? Just some, some common laws on how countries are supposed to treat people when they, when they come into their country, whether what? they come in there legally or, or, right. or documented or undocumented. I don't want to say legally right. or legally, documented or undocumented. What's the, uh, what's the preamble to our constitution? Is that the We the People one? We yeah. the People yeah. one, right? Yeah, We the People of the right. United States. In order to form a more perfect union, right? Mm-hmm. Um, et cetera, et cetera. The point is, is that we, we had lofty goals when we created the United States. In fact, remember, we left England because we didn't want the thumb of the, of the, the queen, the, the monarchy on our, on our neck, right? Mm-hmm. We wanted to be able to control our own destiny, right? That's why the United States was created. So if we created it that way, because we wanted to make sure that all people had control of their own life, why would we want to limit other people's control of their life? Right. No, that's true. And, and uh, going to the very beginning, the Articles of Confederacy. Yes. We really didn't want the federal government to no, be involved in our business. No, right, right. <laughs> and in fact, they bent over backwards to make sure that there were checks and balances yeah. so that we wouldn't have government overreach, right? 
And look at where we are today. I know. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty interesting, and and hopefully, hopefully, we're just in a big, you know, and it's unfortunate that all of us are living our lives during this time, yes. but with technology, um, and mainly just because of the communication tools yes. and the understanding and the ability to connect with people of different cultures yes. and races and across different countries and understand them. There's going to be big changes in the next decade, 20 years. You know, actually, I think we're going to see really big changes in the November elections because what we've seen all over the country are people who are not part of any party machinery, but just are fed up and said, oh, no, 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 not on my watch, not in my country, not in my name. Right. And what we're seeing all over the country are people who never thought they'd run for public office, people who have long histories of work in their communities. Right. And weren't the Democratic Party pick at all. Right. But they are winning because they are talking directly to the people and the people are paying attention. I think it was a wake-up call, because I got to tell you, I didn't think that civil rights were temporary. I thought once you fought them and got them, had them pretty much for life, right? And I think we've all learned a lesson, which is no rights are permanent, right? Uh, it depends on who's in leadership. It depends on what the public mood is, right? But why would we ever want to legislate um, how we treat people when we should just treat everybody the way we want to be treated, right? I mean, back to the golden rule that our yeah. parents taught no, us, right? No, I agree with you. And right? going back to what you said, and I'll let you get out of here, right. um, but we started with the Articles of Confederation. Yes. Then we you know, built the Constitution. Yes. There's been amendments to that Constitution. Yes. When, it, when, when someone tells me, that's the law, that's the Constitution, right, right. I don't care how badly right. it affects other people, right, right. we can change. Yes, anything. we can. Yes, we Anytime. Can. Anytime. And all it takes is enough of the people, right, wanting to make that change happen, right? But people have to read. They have to know uh, if they are voting uh, to discriminate against a segment of our community, they should know that, right? We shouldn't put it in flowery tones, right? Who are we? Who do we want to be, right? And I think what makes us better is the diversity of the people, the cultures, the food, the experiences, right? That's what makes us better, right? Because when we live just among people that look like us and think like us and talk like us, we have a very limited existence, right? Because we're not getting new information, right? We're not getting things that we have to contemplate. Yeah, that's good. That's a whole I was going to say, you're going to keep me here for hours. It's supposed to be, what, four minutes is what you said? <laughs> yeah, no, no. Joanne, I, I mean, I, I'm available anytime. I will give you Anna's card. It's my campaign because she's the person. Well, thank you so much. It's been fun talking to you. The president is taking new steps to block that caravan from entering this country. He campaigned in Missouri after moving to limit where migrants can apply for asylum and suggesting that border violence could be met with gunfire. You know, we called up the military because we're not going to let people come into our country. Would you look at that illegally? 
The president is making immigration a big issue in the upcoming elections. Today he repeated he wants to end the constitutional guarantee that anyone born on U.S. soil is automatically a U.S. citizen, even if the parents are in the country illegally. And the president believes he has the power to do it. The president also said active duty soldiers would return fire if migrants threw rocks at them. We will consider that a firearm. Because there's not much difference when you get hit in the face with a rock.